All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Maiden Voyage. We have your regular mermaids present, but we have asked an additional gorgeous long-haired mermaid from Philadelphia to join us. Her name is Lex. She's a dear friend of mine. You can follow her on Instagram at plant saturated. And if that's giving you any indication of what we're talking about today, it's plant. Women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. I think it's been all the rage right now, especially in this COVID-19, we're staying home, we're re-engaging in our spaces. People are buying plants, like so many plants. And I think plants have this like cyclical coolness or something because certain plants become very expensive while other plants stay more affordable. It's been very interesting. Um, I've known Lex a very long time and I did not have plants for a very long time. And I guess it was about a year ago, two years, was it two years ago, maybe you were at my house and I feel like I had my first plant and I took it from my grandmother and I was killing it. And you like so lovingly helped me fix this plant, which is still thriving today. And after that, fast forward, I have like 25 plants in my house now. I plant outside now. I've given plants away. It just, be, it like overwhelms you. It becomes this cathartic, so enjoyable process, at least it did for me, um, that I couldn't stop. So I would love to learn, Lex, more about how you got into plants because I, I didn't tell the ladies, but you are an entrepreneur at heart. Your family started this incredible business based in Philadelphia that is thriving today. And then you pivoted a little bit and really dug into kind of this plant life. So I'd love to learn about where your enthusiasm and your love for plants kind of started. Okay. Um, well, I would love to share that with you. So my love for plants started, I think it was about six years ago. And I was dating someone who, it was, it was two things that I can recall that really like got me interested. So I was dating somebody and he brought home flowers one day for the garden and he asked me to help plant them. And I was like, I'm not touching that dirt. Like I was literally like, I'm not touching that dirt. And then he was like, okay, fine. So I kind of told him where to position the flowers. And like in that process, I realized that like, I was interested in like designing with plants because it's very much about design yeah. Um, yeah. when you're planting a garden. Um, so it was that. And then my best friend's stepdad, um, he has like plants that are like 30 plus years old and he's always giving away his plants. So he started me with about like a bunch of like five plants that were babies. And I realized that I could keep them alive and I enjoyed caring for them. And it was really cool seeing them grow. Um, and that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. Are those plants still in your house today? Yes, they are. I think I have the bundle that he gave me are all still alive. Um, they're pretty easy plants, but they're like, they're so much bigger than what he gave me. And it's just cool. Like I'm, I'm pretty attached to those plants. Like those plants I can't give away. Yeah. yeah. They mean something to me for sure. And so um, what you said that the first plants you got were kind of easy. 
So I, I say that in quotes because everyone on this call, probably yourself included, has killed a plant. Like without a doubt, kill plants, throw them away. Like cactuses died somehow. I don't even think cactuses are supposed to be able to die. Right. Like how does this happen? What would you recommend as a first plant for someone like Carissa, not to name any names, who needs to dive into, she wants to be a plant mom, but isn't really sure where to start? Okay. So I would recommend, I always like go to plants that are, you know, I consider them easy care because they're low maintenance. You don't have to keep the soil moist. It's okay if the soil dries out. It's okay if you go on vacation for a month and you don't have a caretaker for them. Um, so those are kind of the plants that I like to recommend to people. Um, the snake plant, it's called Sansevieria. Those are easy, literally, like you could go away for four months and not water it and you will come back to a thriving plant. Um, I started out, my starter plants that my friend's stepdad gave me was a jade plant, which is also very easy. It's a succulent type, so um, that is very low maintenance with watering. It's like, you know, water literally with like once every two to three months. Um, he also gave me a spider plant, which is really easy. Spider plants are easy. You have one, Jackie, the curly guy. I love my curly spider. Yeah. So, and they give off tons of babies, which I'm sure you've probably gifted to your friends by now. I have, and I've re-gifted them to myself. I repot <laughs> them and pot them, but we'll, we'll get into propagation in a little bit because okay. that, I'm obsessed yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, I think that you have a very, you shared with me a very unique watering style where like you like drench the pot, right? Like you remove it and you like drench it and then let it drain out. And then you just, that's it. When mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are like, they water it and then they walk away. Yeah. Why do you find this system of watering to be most beneficial? So I think it's just a really kind and nice thing to do for your plants. Um, the way I water is I look for signs. Um, it's kind of cliche to say, but like I listen to my plants. Like I know what my plant looks like when it is asking for water. So if its leaves are droopy, I'm like that plant needs water and it's waited for water for a very long time. So I'm going to be really nice to it and I'm going to give it a thorough watering. I'm not just going to give it a little tiny sip. I'm going to take it to the sink and I'm going to let the water run all the way through and put it back where it belongs. And so that seems to be, that's how I water because that's how you told me to water. And I think for me, I feel like if you're doing it the other way where you're just every week giving it a little, you're probably more prone to overwater. Correct. Because okay. that's yes. how a lot of plants die. Yes. So a lot of people, when they get into the plant world, they get frustrated um, because they think that they need to water. Some people think they need to water every day. Some people think they need to water once a week and it's, you know, routine. It's not routine. It depends on the season. You know, in the summer months, you have to water more than the winter months. Um, so it really depends, you know, the, of uh, it, it really depends on the plant's surroundings and environment that it's in. So you really have to like pay attention to them. 
Um, so when people ask me like, how often should I water that plant? It, I can't really tell you. So like the best way that I can say is like, if I know what plant it is, um, and it's not a plant that likes to be kept on the moist side, you know, stick your fingers four inches into the soil. And if you don't feel any moistness, then water, then you're safe to water usually. Yeah. I have a watering related question. Lex. Sure. Um, is, is there a relationship between pot size and watering frequency in general for plants? Pot size and watering frequency. So, so let me give you an example. Oh, you're, yeah. you're good. Never mind. Sure, yes. Give me an example, please. Okay, so <laughs> I have this guy here who's like love of my life, wonderful peace lily, um, who has drooped and resurrected more times than I care to admit. So new plant moms, um, this guy is a great option for you um, because I apparently can't kill it, which is great. Um, but he's in kind of a tiny pot, I feel, for the size of his leaves. And I feel like he needs water every three days and it just seems excessive. I feel like I'm certainly overwatering this plant, but not really because that's when he's, you know, perky and beautiful and he's a little droopy right now um, because I'm being a bad plant mom. Um, so I feel like it's a small pot. Maybe he likes to be confined like that, but maybe he also needs to be watered so frequently because he's a little guy. So, okay. <laughs> One, that plant looks beautiful, and peace lilies just tend to, like, when they're just ready for water, they will just droop to the floor. So I would say you're doing nothing wrong. Um, you're just listening to your plant when it needs water. However, if you want it to be a little easier for you, you can upgrade it to a pot that's, you know, two to three inches bigger in diameter, and a cer ceramic pot. So a pot that's not porous versus a pot that is porous. So a pot that's porous, like terracotta, the moisture is going to seep out of the pot. If you plant it in a ceramic pot that's glazed, it will hold the moisture more, so you'll have to water less. So you can definitely upgrade it, but not nothing too much bigger, just two to three sizes up, I would say, in diameter. Okay, that makes sense. Lexi, so I kind of have a follow-up question around that. Sure. Would you say that for every plant, it's important for them to have good drainage? Like you're saying like a pot with that's porous, but you've seen that every, all our listeners have seen the pots with the little lip around the center to catch excess water or let it overflow. If you do overwater, would you say that that's a, a mandatory thing that any would-be plant mother or father should do, get a pot with drainage? So that is like tip number one, especially for beginners, get a pot with drainage. And that means get a pot with a hole in the bottom so the water can seep out and not sit in the pot um, because then the roots are just sitting in the water and you're literally drowning your plant. So yes, for beginners especially, get a pot with drainage. <laughs> Now, a question on top of that. So some people I know will keep their plant in the original plastic container because it has natural drainage on the bottom and then put that inside of a pot without drainage. Is that a good best practice or do you recommend taking it out of the original plastic and putting it, you know, dirt against that porous surface with a good, a well-drained pot? 
So that is like perfectly fine. Having, I keep most of my plants when I bring them home. I don't repot them right away. I keep them in the plastic nursery pot. Um, but that's what I call staging like my plants. So I'll literally just put it in a prettier pot, but it's still in its plastic nursery pot. Um, but with the watering method that, you know, Jackie and I spoke about earlier, when you take your plant out and you take it to the sink and you water it, all the water is draining through those plastic holes. Okay. And then when it's done draining, you just stick it back in the pot with no hole in it. Okay. Yeah. Good tip. Like an emotional crisis moving my pot, like my plant from the nursery into a, a terracotta pot because I was like, I know how to water it. I know what I'm doing. And I did it for my, um, my Chinese money plant, you know, the, um, Pilea. thank you with my Pilea. It is thriving in terracotta though. And I was so scared and the stems were red and I was like, this is broken. Somebody broke the pot. Somebody broke the plant, <laughs> it wasn't me, but it's broken. I relocated in the room and put it in the terracotta and it's <laughs> the happiest thing. I'm like so proud of it. And this is where I feel like plants and like, and like my neighbor gave it to me. It was one of her babies. And she saw it the other day and was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that's the baby that I gave you. Like, it really was like my, all, my whole neighbor was a bunch of these like moms that we like are sharing plants now. And we have like these emotional ties to each other. Like her cats ate a plant that I gave her and she like almost cried about it. Oh, it's okay. Oh another one you know but, like developing these like deeper friendships because I don't know it's like you get bored about talking about like your kids all the time or whatever so now it's like we have these like really serious conversations about like soil and like all these great plant related tips which leads me to my next question which is about soil um can you interchange okay I don't know you have like a very specific you you create your own soil from other things don't you like add things into your soil like peat and whatever like no I'm not really like, I'm buying a brag of like NutriGrow or whatever it's called at the store yeah but I also plant more like succulent types in succulent soil can yes. you mix like is that a good thing is it a bad thing how how do you create the perfect soil environment for your plants so I don't really get too deep into soil. Like it's just kind of like you, like if I'm planting a succulent, I'll grab a bag of succulent soil from Lowe's or Home Depot. If I'm planting a not succulent, I'm using just regular, you know, probably miracle Grow potting soil in a yellow bag. Okay. Um, however, like if I run out for some reason of succulent soil and I'm really anxious to plant a pot, like, because of where I am in my experience with plants, I can do that, but I wouldn't recommend that for beginners because yeah. you have to get a, a handle on like watering first. So yeah. like we had succulent soil and Abby was like hell bent on planting a baby. Abby's like very into the plants too. And I was like, you know, we don't have the right soil. We don't have the right soil. We went to three places and everyone's out of soil. Because I guess in the current situation, everyone's planting. Yeah. Any more soil. We ended up thankfully getting some from our neighbor, but I was like, I'm not putting this in succulent soil, Abigail. Like, <laughs> <arguing about it. laughs> so, so, just to, 
sorry, go ahead. No, you go. You're our guest. So just to add to that, like Jackie, if if she really, if you lost that fight with Abby about the succulent soil, um, so really you could have planted in succulent soil, but that just means that you have to water more often because succulent soil um, dries out faster. So you could have planted in that if you wanted yeah. to. You would just, it would be more maintenance for you it because also you'd have to water more. It looks very wood chippy and I don't yes. feel like rains as quickly either. I feel like it sits on the top, which drives me crazy. Hmm. Maybe I'm packing it too heavy. I don't know. I don't know. I like Julie. Right, it's definitely more airy. I mean, if you see like orchids, orchids like those heavy bark with like a moss mixture so that the moisture can still kind of cling a little bit, but it can yeah. breathe through the bark. So there are different plant types that need a more airy soil. Airy, like, yeah. But you and Lex were saying that like retains earth that I'm sorry, doesn't retain water as much as a more yeah. like thicker soil would. Right. Yeah. Julie. Yes. So from soil, I'd love to talk about food. We got the, the dirt, the water, do I need to feed my plants? Can I feed all my plants the same thing? I keep seeing things on the internet about how I'm supposed to use banana peels and put them in water and then water <laughs> to feed my plant. It seems like a lot of work. What, like, what's the real skinny on feeding the plants? Wait, does the plant have like a cramp that needs potassium? Why are we giving it a banana? Oh <laughs> I don't, it's like a thing. We're like, oh, take your banana peel and soak it in water. And it makes this nutrient rich plant food and your plants love it. Or like rice water, okay. like all of these things, which is great. But also I don't have time for that. Um, right, exactly. So yeah, a lot of stuff on the internet can drive you crazy. I just like keep it pretty basic. I use the same thing. For mostly all my plants, um, key tip is like you only really have to feed your plants uh, spring and summer months um, because most of plants like in the winter, they go in hibernation. So they don't even really want food. They want less water. So most of your plants are hibernating during the winter. Um, spring and summer, I probably feed my plants like I don't drive myself crazy, just really whenever I feel like it. Um, sometimes once a month. That? So I get miracle Grow liquid plant fertilizer and I just put a few, like one or two pumps in like a big watering can and I'll water my plants. Or I love to use worm castings. So worm castings you can buy at any like garden center, nursery center, um, and you literally just sprinkle them on the top and then you water and eventually the plant will receive that nutrients it takes a little bit of time for this like for it to integrate with the soil and everything but it the plants love worm castings what are worm castings uh worm poop Okay. Okay. I had a feeling it was a nice way to say worm poop, but um, it's fun <laughs> to verify for all of the listeners so they know all the worm poop is about. extremely nutritious to plants. Well, right. That's what they teach you in school. That soil with worms in it is better for plants because of, exactly. I guess magic, yeah. but really poop. Magic. It is. Or worm it's poop. Magic. Terrific. Worm poop yeah. is magic. Oh my word. I love that. Worm poop is magic. 
That's the, <laughs> that's the headline of this episode. I'm going to like push us along from the worm poop. Um, Jen, you, um, where we were talking and a little bit of our prep last week about a, you were looking for a big plant and like I, Lex has some really big plants. So I thought maybe you would want, because I would love to hear this too. I only have my biggest plant is my elephant ear and I love it, but it is not a big plant, I think by like big plant standards. So Jen, what were you looking for? Maybe Lex can guide you down a good path here. Well, for our listeners who are like watching the video version of this podcast, I have two tree-like objects in the background that are fake, spoiler alert. Um, but I'm kind of looking for a, a larger structure like that, maybe about between four and six feet tall and something that I can put in a very decorative, beautiful, like bohemian woven basket or, or something to get that, that traditional boho vibe. Uh, so are there any big plants that are pretty easy to get that you would say grow pretty well without direct sunlight? Because maybe for some of our listeners here, they don't have space necessarily right by a window, but it's within like indirect light range, if that makes sense. Yeah, so two plants come to mind. Um, first of all, I didn't even know that this, like, people can access this on a video, <laughs> this podcast. But anyway, so I will show you. So one plant is called the Monstera Deliciosa. Oh, I was looking at that one. It's gorgeous. It's really, really gorgeous. This is, like, a mature leaf, and, like, so they, like, split eventually and make these holes. Wow. Wow. And then, like, they start oh, off baby. as, like, oh. these little baby guys that don't have any holes in it. Can you oh. see? That is amazing. Um, so this is one that I would highly recommend. It's really, really easy. Like, I don't know if you can see my windows, but it's really far from my windows. Yeah. And it's thriving. Another one is this fiddle leaf fig. So I'm obsessed with fiddle leaf figs. And this one is probably like 10 feet away from my window. Um, no. no, what am I it talking about? Up, Lex? Does the fiddle leaf grow up like a tree? Yes, it can. I mean, any big plant you can train to take whatever shape you want. But so this started off as really bushy. So this was all leaves down here, but I was a bad plant mom and didn't water it for a while. So all the leaves dropped. So now it's like kind of taking on more of like, I don't know, a very weird, I'm just letting it go. Like, look at this little weird guy down here. Aww, but I'm just letting it go. Yeah. So I love fiddly figs. And people say they're finicky, but they're really not. You just like, they're really not. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, I was actually on the call with Jackie before and we were looking at that exact tree online saying maybe we would try that one. So thank you. That, those are two beautiful plants. I have a lot of information about the fiddle leaf fig on my Instagram. So, and you can always DM me for those of you listening. Um, if you join along, you can always DM me with plant questions, um, send me videos of plants that you need help with, anything. I get back to everyone. 
Lex, can we have your Instagram handle again? Just that's a perfect moment, I think, to share it. Um, and I would, in particular, like my mother to follow you because I bought her a fiddle for Mother's Day and Aww. we are working through fiddle care, but she's a magician with plants as well. I think she'd enjoy it. Awesome. So my Instagram name is plant saturated. All one word. And it just basically means that I'm just saturated with plants <laughs> all the time. Yeah, it looks like you've got lots of plants and greenery and wonderful living things that you're sharing your home with. Yeah. Um, do you still have your workshop? So I do still have my work studio. I actually brought all my plants out of there and most of them are outside right now. So I just kind of have a blank canvas to work with. So I'll probably be using that soon for... I don't know, just to be like, just an art space to have. Yeah, and it looks like, because um, I, obviously I follow you, it looks like you've been doing a lot of um, more plant design in like um, urban settings. I have, so I've been helping a lot of my neighbors, um, friends of friends, just learn about how to plant like a, a garden. Not a veggie garden or an herb garden or anything like that, just, you know, flowers and plants. But I really have been enjoying the summer. Like, I, I think that's where I love, love, love houseplants, but I love designing outside in the garden. Like, it's, it brings out just, like, this burst of creativity in me. So what would you say is the biggest transition from the house plant to the outdoor garden? Because I'm having moderate success with house plants, but once they go outside, it's over. Like you mean once you bring your house plant outside? No, once there's an outside plant to also take care of, I've never been successful for more than a few weeks. Oh, so you, you're saying like you can't manage your taking care of the house plants and the outdoor plants? Yeah, it seems to me like the skills don't translate. So, okay. <laughs> go ahead. No, I was going to say, I love that, Julie. She's like, anything in my four walls, I can keep alive. But if you're <laughs> yeah. You are on your own. I don't know what it is, but maybe they need water more. Maybe so, here's yes, an app. I, I don't know, but that. whatever the tip is. So, okay, yes. I was just trying to understand what was happening there. So, yes, when you have outdoor plants, they're going to need way more water than your indoor plants. So that's oh. probably where the issue lies. Like, you can literally water your outdoor plants every single day, and they're going to thrive. Versus your indoor plants, you cannot do that because you will kill them because they're not in the same growing environment. And Julie, are you okay. trying to put plants in the dirt outside or are you putting potted plants outside? Oh, girl, we're not ready for putting them in the dirt. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I have um, a um, hibiscus that I wish I could show you guys right now, but I'm like, on my desktop. I'll take a picture so we can put it. It flowered last night. It oh was so beautiful. I have three new hibiscus flowers. I water her every day though, like every day, except when it rains because it's in like this, it's in, it's a pot, it's potted, right? So it's not in the earth. It's not, you know, it, we had huge rainstorms here in Pennsylvania. It's still, she's thirsty still. So I yeah, water her yeah. every day and my fern that is, I have a fern, Lex, you would be amazed with all the plants I have. I have a fern on my front porch right now too. 
and I water her every day. Now the fuchsia in with the fern is not doing well and I don't know why. We have to FaceTime. I need to see what's going on in your outdoor garden. Oh, I want to see it. It's real good. It's, it's I'm good. a little disappointed you're not nestled in a nook of plants, Jackie. I know. I'm sorry. I'm not, I had literally back to back meetings since like one o'clock. I did not have, uh -huh, I know you're back. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I'm not nestled in plants either. Okay, I I'm should looking. be. They're I'm very clearly visible. That's another question. I have let, this aloe. Let me get closer. Okay. I, I can get my aloe if you want. So, okay. No, I should have been like this the whole time. That's perfect. So I have <laughs> aloe. I never water it. It's doing great. Good job, Jack. I don't know what to do with it. Like, am I supposed to trim it? Like, does it need them? There's no roots. I don't, I, I don't, I feel like I'm supposed to do something with this because it's so big. So like, that's like, this is great because like you just said it was thriving, but you're like anxious that you have to do something with it. You don't have to do anything with it. It's thriving. It's beautiful. Doesn't need this wood stick, but the wood stick makes me feel like I don't know, like it looks cute. It's like an definitely accessory. doesn't need the wood stick. <laughs> Lex, I think that's that's such a great moment. You just said it's thriving, but you want to do something with it, but it's thriving, so just let it be. That's like a, yeah. a life lesson life to us all, right? The life yeah. Some we tend to as human beings to like want to make things more complex than they have to be, like. And that's also a part of, you know, beginners, like, they're like, I, you know, they just like freak out because they think like they should be watering, but like, and then so they water and then they kill the plant. And especially in quarantine, a lot of people like I've seen on Instagram, like they're killing their plants because they have nothing else to do but like water. So like people are over watering in quarantine. They're loving them too much. <laughs> I've done that. So much I'm killing uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that to so many plants. What is this cod? That's a monstera. So that is exactly the big plant back there that I just showed you that had the um the holes in the leaves. So yeah. those are baby leaves. They're not they don't have their holes yet. When they mature, oh, they're gonna get their holes, holes and split. Yeah. Wow. wow. Oh my god. Yeah. Somebody gave this to me as a gift in their spaghetti sauce jar. Um, and I've lived, it's been living in the spaghetti sauce jar. I don't know, look at this root system happening. Yeah, that's okay. wild. What am okay. I, when do I plant this? Whenever what? you want. So a plant, so that's called propagating. Yeah. You know, taking a cutting and sticking it in water and letting that cutting grow roots. Um, that could like live in there forever as long as you like change the water and not let it get like too murky. Um, it could live in there literally forever. But if you want to plant it, you should plant it. What size pot would you recommend for a root system? I mean, this is a heady root system. Heady. So heady. I know. <laughs> Um, I would say probably pot it in a pot that's like six to eight inches in diameter. And it has another leaf coming. It's awesome. I'm so baby. excited. There's a baby, right. Monstera and deliciosa. That is an easy care plant. Oh, beautiful. 
Okay, here's another question. It was sitting over here going, and it's all going this way because that's the sun. Are you supposed to rotate plants so they like stand up straight? Is that a thing? So like you can, like with my fiddle leaf, I do like rotate it when I remember, you know, I should be rotating it probably once every week. But yes, that is a thing for some plants. Like you'll see that some plants like they're leaning towards the window because that's the way the sun is and plants are smart like that. So it depends. Like if you wanted to like take a certain shape, you can start rotating it so it doesn't get all lopsided if it bothers you. I feel like we need part two plant plant training because you mentioned it a few times now. I didn't under I didn't realize you like like I know that ivy you can train to grow a certain way. You can like tack it up and it will grow a certain way. Are there other plants or plant families in which you should train them? <laughs> and how do you, you do that? Train them? Well, it's like, like I kind of meant. Like, I kind of meant, like, if you get, like, a fiddle leaf fig that's, like, huge and it doesn't really have any more room to grow in your home and it's, like, now growing and it's hitting the ceiling, you can just keep chopping off the top so that it can look normal in your home and you can right. have this huge plant that's not hitting the ceiling. Um, but also that, like, that also, like, when you cut your plants, when you cut them back, it promotes new growth because you're actually, like, the, it sends the plant into growth mode. Like, the plant actually knows that you cut it. So now it's like, oh, I have to grow more. That's exactly what the plant's thinking. That just triggered my elephant ear. I cut off a dead, like one of the, one of the ears was like, like I'm dead. It declared death. And I snipped <laughs> it and two new leaves grew in two weeks. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Can I cut the brown, the small, if, can you see here? I don't know what the rules are. And I'm, I feel like the moral of the story is going to be, there are no rules just water it when it's telling you to water it and like just buy one and lean into it right these are all the plant rules that i think exist should you cut like the smaller leaves up to for that will it grow more that was a bad question can you bring that plant over is it too big now it's really big i don't know i'll try well, it's in this, like, giant pot. Oh, my God. It's so pretty. So that's an alocasia poly. Uh-huh. And you've done so amazing with it. You but, scared me when I first got it. You were like, careful bugs. I almost well, yeah, bug. because that plant is prone to spider mites, but you've been doing so good with it, you haven't gotten any spider mites, which means it's so happy. Um, wow. So... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that new stems come out of the old stems, right? In that? Yeah. Yes. That is so, like with certain plants, like you don't want to cut off the entire stem because new growth comes out of like the bottom part of that existing stem. So if you cut the whole stem off, new growth doesn't have anywhere to come out from because you just chopped off the new growth. So you see that little like point like yeah like wherever like the point is it's hard for me to t show you but like oh, there's a new coming 
you'll see the slit in the stem and then you, you're gonna wanna cut like above that slit. And isn't it good, Lex, to cut at a little bit of an angle, like a 45 degree angle? Don't they say that that's less traumatic on the plant as far as like a, it prevents you from like hacking and like damaging the plant structure. It's like a cleaner cut. I haven't heard that like when you're making, like when you're pruning back a plant. I've heard that with like flower bouquets, like at the bottom cut at a 45 degree angle or when you're propagating a plant, a cutting in water. Okay. Um, you want to cut the bottom at a 45 degree angle because it has more surface area to suck up more water. Okay. Well, what about back to that real quick for our listeners that maybe have like a really big plant and they want to trim it down, like you're saying, just so the aesthetic matches, but they think it would be nice to maybe gift a couple of the branches or uh, leaves to a friend. How exactly would they go about propagating it? So that's a really good question. So not every single plant you can propagate in water. Um, the fiddle leaf fig you can propagate in water. So like if you chop the top off, you just like stick it in water and you give it to a friend and you say, be patient like this. It could take you literally, you know, anywhere from two to five months to start seeing any roots. So that's your lesson in patience. Like plants definitely teach you so much patience. Um, but yeah, so you just literally take a cut, put it in water and give it to a friend. That's awesome. And for the ones that don't work that way, do you just put them directly in soil? So some plants just, you can't like propagate at all. Okay. Like not in water or not in soil, but like with the fiddle leaf fig or the Monstera deliciosa, you can propagate it in water and you can propagate it in soil. Just like you said, you can, you can put like a little bit, it's called rooting hormone on the end of the cut that you made and then just stick it in the soil. Um, the trick to that though is when you're propagating in soil, you want to keep the soil moist until that cutting has established roots and has taken hold of the soil. So like you do not want the soil to dry out while it's, you know, establishing its rooting system. So you just, in that instance, you just keep the soil very moist. That is very stressful. I, well, I'm doing a, um, 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 an experiment right now <laughs> with, with um, a um, golden uh, devil's ivy golden pathos what's that called no a golden um golden pothos yeah devil's ivy right isn't that what it's called uh googling right now yeah uh yeah a golden pothos yep okay so i'll i yes is this what it is this is what it is this is exactly what it is should i share my okay so anyway i have successfully propagated it in water multiple times given them away Yay. replanted them for myself like really good stuff just gave one to my sister-in-law the other day however i've never done it in soil and i had taken a root that i cut and just jammed it into the pot and it started growing another leaf and I was like that ain't right it doesn't how's it doing that it doesn't have any roots and then I was like I really wanted to see if it was if it would work so I cut three new ones I have one in water and I put two stems 
in dirt and I put it outside. So I water it like just as I do my outside plants because apparently you can grow that outside. It is really happy, it seems like, but I don't know. How do I know when it's growing roots? Do I have to try and pull it out and see and just stick it back in? Like, I don't want to mess up a chi. Okay. So, yes, golden pothos are, that's another easy care plant for anyone. Um, and they're so easy to propagate in water. They're so easy to propagate in soil. And that, when you put it in soil, you actually don't need rooting hormone. It literally just takes to the soil. So if you want to check, I would say when you stick it, the cutting into the soil, give it about three to four weeks. And then like, you don't want to pull it all the way out of the soil. You just want to give it like tiny, tiny, like a tiny tug. And if it seems like it's not coming up, that means it's rooted. So just a little gentle tug. And if, if it didn't come up, it's rooted. Well, and especially if it has new growth, Jackie, if it has like a new yeah. That's definitely a sign too that it's taken root because it's doing its thing. It's like getting off. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess with stuff that's growing. <laughs> I'm like, you're growing. You appear to be thriving. You're producing new life. Thank you for providing me with that new life. Um, but I do have two pothos questions actually. Um, yeah. So I have successfully propagated my first plant. Awesome. Um, what is it? Was it? A mist it's it's a pothos, but it's um like this really bright um light green one which was one of my like cornerstone plants so I became a plant mom when I was going through a very difficult time in my life and I needed some refreshing in my physical environment and some like things to care for that weren't my terrible dog um I love her a lot um so that's when I became a plant mom and this was one of my first plants in that journey um I accidentally broke her because she had one long tendril and I watered her and I like to water her in the bathtub and she's a hanger. And when I was putting her back up, it snapped off. And I said, well, this is the moment. This is when we see if we can make this grow and get more. So we have, um, we have, we have propagated. We have wow. Roots. We're rooting. Look at those roots. We're doing well. We need a little water change right now. So I'm hiding it a little. Um, okay. I get that. It gets a lot of sun, so we get a little like algae situation opening in here. So we need to like empty and scrub and all of that. But doing really well, I'll probably pot it eventually. Got some new life. This one seems to be thriving. Um, this guy, also photos. She's not thriving. She's not thriving. Let me She's see. She's not thriving. Closer. She's older. She's had some roots going on in here that we've died. We've come back. What's happening in that jar? It looks all brown. Right. It doesn't look. It's like a root situation. <laughs> oh, we're not white. Yeah. Pick can it I one? It's it? yucky. No. Uh, do it. I do it. Yeah. Up uh, higher. Higher. <laughs> oh, this is so a lot water very roots. close to my computer. It, it has, has roots. roots. This guy appears to have perked up. I just relocated him. Um, he was a little droopy, so he's perked. This guy's separate. I actually just stuck him in there because he fell off somewhere else. Um, but not as well. So I don't know. Do I trim like all of these roots off and just start fresh at this point? So it does have some healthy. So yes, it has some healthy white roots that I see at the top. All uh -huh. the other roots to me look like mush. So you literally yeah. just like rip, take it to the sink and rip them off and keep Great. those white ones on and stick it in probably a water vessel that's a little bit smaller than that because it's just like kind of one leaf. One guy. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was thriving at one point in time, and then I moved, and he. It was not the best. So I I wanna I wanna get her back. They you will. I know I can do it now. So yeah. So that's great. Just take off all that mush and okay, leave the so you white can roots. Just out with yeah. the old and with the fresh. Great. Out. That's my evening activity. I think. I love the questions for Lex. This has been so educational. Yay. So I actually want to like go back to what we were just talking, what you just said, um, how you brought plants into your life during a really hard time. And I hear that so much, like, especially from women, like that's how plants come into their lives. Like, it's just, it's truly therapy. Like it is my therapy. I'm going through a very difficult time in my life right now. And plants, I literally don't know what I would do without my plants and my garden. I really don't know. I don't know. And Monzi, my dog. <laughs> it's just so fun to watch them grow and like give you something new that you didn't have. I know Jackie will say in the morning sometimes she has a little distracted first thing because she's watering her plants and checking out the babies and getting Abby in on it. But every little new leaf, I'm like, I helped yeah. you. I helped you do that. Exactly. Or you're doing I mean, it in spite of me. Especially like, well, yeah, quarantine or not, it's just something new that's happening almost every day. So it takes the mundane out of your day and something new is happening. I think that's like the most exciting part. I like what Jackie said earlier too about it. It makes your house feel less stagnant. Like mm -hmm. suddenly there's like life and brightness and you feel like you're bringing a little touch of the outdoors inside. And I mean, yeah. some plants even give off different like benefits. Like they help recycle CO2, they do this and that. So there are actual like stress relieving benefits to having certain plants in your house too, which I find wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Air purification. Yeah. yeah. Carissa, do you have, I saw you might have a question. I know we're just about uh, down on time, but I wanted to make sure being like a newbie to the plant world, hopefully soon. Did you have any questions? Um, I, I guess because like we talked about a, a couple of like good starter plans, but any um, suggestions on good starter like potted flowers to start with indoors or is that like off limits like no, no. <laughs> no, I mean I, a lot of people ask me, they're like, do you like flowers? And I love flowers, but like most of my house plants are just like green foliage, yeah. but every plant actually flowers so every pl house plant that i have in my house like right now none of them have flowers but they have the potential to flower so um if you want flowers like off the bat i would try like a begonia there's so many different types of begonias and they're so easy you just have to keep their soil like on the moist side um but they give off a lot of flowers um i'm Do trying to think easily behind her yeah, the peace lily. That, it, the peace that, lily. A little white flower. They, they flower quickly, too. So, like, new ones just pop up, and you're like, ooh, a flower. Cool. I, um, I once had a, um, uh, what is that called? A big geranium inside. That was oh, really yeah. easy. Yeah, those, those mm -hmm. are beautiful. Those are beautiful. I would not recommend a orchid. They're a bitch to take care of. 
<laughs> They're so stressful. I, I brought mine over for show and tell for this call and I have two little flowers right now. I thought oh. I killed it. Absolutely. So I will have or to orchids. with the orchid thing. We'll have, maybe we'll have another episode on orchids, but okay. I will tell you all about orchids. <laughs> I think they're like a rather patient plant. Like you were saying before, Lex, they, they flower, they bloom for a few weeks, and then all the flowers die off, and then they go into dormancy for a few months before they gain enough energy to reflower again, right? Correct. Yeah. Sometimes terrifying. it's like years before you see your orchid flower again. But in the meantime, like you have to keep the green foliage alive because that's where it's getting its energy from the sun. So that's real scary. That's it real. also just feels like negative energy I don't need in my house. <laughs> that's what it feels like. I don't need that negative plant energy up in my face. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Lex, for joining us. That was really fun. I feel like we could talk about, we've, we've gone uh, back and forth on this episode, like when we should do it for a really long time, because we have so much to say about it. And I was so thankful that you could be our expert and come on and ensure that we're doing it right. I appreciate you so much. Of course. This was so much fun. And thanks for having me. Yeah, and if you so. start getting like random messages from these girls <laughs> and anyone else, if you're messaging Lex at Plant Saturated on Instagram, let her know you found her through our podcast so she doesn't think you're just a crazy person. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and um, go get yourself a plant. Take care of it. Be patient. Give it water. Yeah. Give yourself water. Give your, your plant and yourself a little grace. And uh, we'll see you next time. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.